Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to 3C Amplified. I'm your host, Jacqueline DeStremps, and twice a month I'm here to highlight the businesses, nonprofits, and individuals collaborating to amplify their impact in the community. This series is sponsored by Another Hand Advantage, where I create marketing strategy for community minded small businesses and nonprofits. So let's get this show started today. Um, I'd love to introduce my guests. I've got in the studio today with me, Scott Petrak, founder of Online Safety Specialists, and Nikki Kuntz, clinical director at Teen Lifeline. Welcome. Morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So um, I'm so excited to have you both in the studio for a couple of reasons. I actually know you both already (laughs) um, in one way or another, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But I'm also excited to have you guys here because when I was thinking of you know, guests to pair up and who would make a great combo. The two of you came to mind uh, just because of all the great things that you guys are doing in the community. And the most interesting part of it is, is you're kind of coming at it from two different directions. And I'll let you guys introduce yourselves and we'll get into it from there. So Nikki, why don't we go ahead and start with you? Tell me a little bit about Teen Lifeline and how you got started with Teen Lifeline. Okay. The story of how I got started is is actually... Um, what most people don't even know is that I actually been with Teen Lifeline for 24 years. Um, I started when I was 16. I was in high school and I lost one of my closest friends to suicide. And I had this amazing teacher. I went to Xavier for high school and I had this amazing teacher who connected me to Teen Lifeline, knowing that I was kind of the natural helper of my friend group and realizing that maybe I needed some more skills to help my friends, but also a place for me to kind of deal with what was going on for me after losing him and introduced me to Teen Lifeline. And I started and then I never looked back (laughs) Um, (laughs) when I was 16 and I started. It was really and and why I stayed was really about um, feeling like I could make an impact. And most teenagers don't really feel that even now. Um, it's, it's hard to feel like you can make an impact individually and still as kids, um, they have to do everything with their parents <laughs> or parents permission. And this is the one place that I could do something where I was making an impact on an individual person and making a difference in their life. And then I went on to college and spent my vacations and my holidays and stuff. Um, still back at teen lifeline volunteering, uh, while I was up at NAU. And then when I came home to graduate school at ASU, um, continued staying and then actually took a job. And the reason I stay is really because I get to k- see kids save lives every day. Um, I get to see teenagers make an impact in the world that most adults can't say that they've even truly made. I'm kind of probably what we're best known for. For the last 32 years, we've run a peer counseling crisis hotline for teens where teens can call and talk to other teenagers, roughly their own age about any kind of problems that they're having. And a crisis is what they deem as a crisis. So not what us adults deem, but what they deem. And we take calls from about 22,000 kids across Arizona a year. And a third of those kids are having thoughts of suicide. Um, And so, you know, we, we have an extensive training program that our volunteers go through. But, you know, I'm watching 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds save lives every day. And feeling like, wow, I can make an impact in this world. Um, And then going on and seeing them 
graduate and grow up and continue to make a difference in the world. Not even necessarily in the helping profession. Most don't follow my footsteps. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, really, you know, they, they serve on boards. They're sitting on city councils. They are involved in politics and, and changing the world. Um, and it's amazing. Um, we do also a lot of uh, education and work in the community. Um, we do a lot of uh, training in uh, schools, uh, education in schools and classrooms with middle schools and high school students um, on mental health awareness, stress and coping, suicide prevention, bullying prevention, uh, grief and loss. Uh, we do a lot of training for teachers, administrators, even parents. We do education for parents in the community. And then probably something that a lot of people don't know that we do, and it's something that we hope we don't have to utilize very often is that we actually provide what's called postvention, which is where we go out into the communities who have lost a child to suicide and provide um, the debriefing and the services that they might need and the help that a school might need in coordinating efforts and, and building up their crisis teams and doing what they need to do to help the community after a loss. Um, all of our staff, uh, all of our program staff are master's level clinicians that are working uh, with the students and on the hotline. The hotline's always supervised by master's level clinicians. Um, but we're the only uh, service of our kind in the state. We're the only hotline in Arizona that serves teens. We, but we coordinate um, and partner with a lot of community partners across the state to make sure that our services are seamless and helping families get connected to services in the community as well. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was when I first met you um, and actually got to go on a tour of your offices. I had no idea. I mean, I knew of Teen Lifeline as the crisis hotline, but I right. had no idea that you had those other services as well. So right. it's, we're going to get into that here in a little bit. So I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about more about those services. Okay. Um, but first, Scott, why don't you tell us a little bit about obviously online safety specialists, but how you got involved with that and and your background and what got you passionate about starting this this uh, business. Sounds good. So basically it all started from, uh, believe it or not, a, a barbecue. Um, yeah, as you know, uh, I'm a detective with a, with a local agency here. And I've been doing um, these types of investigations now for a little over two, three years now. But I've been a detective for, you know, well over 10 years. We were at a barbecue and the parents were talking to me about, you know, their kids being online and chatting and online gaming, all that type of stuff. And they said, you know, they're so addicted to this and, you know, we don't know who they're talking to along those lines. I said, well, you know, I could, I could put something together where I could, you know, bring them over to the house and, and we can talk about it. I can, you know, share a little information with them about, you know, what the risks are of, of chatting online with people. You have no idea who they are. And they, the parents seemed to really be very interested in it. So my wife, Shanta, was, was on top of that. She got it done in, uh, in about a week. She got everybody to come over to the house. We had about maybe 15 kids and, and the parents. Um, so I put together a little uh, PowerPoint just to, you know, kind of go through it quickly. And uh, it was eye-opening for myself and as well as the kids, which I didn't, I didn't think they were going to be as, as um, into it as, mm-hmm. as they were. Parents also were into it as well. So I, I went through it. You know, we, I started talking about some of the things that, you know, we have to, that they have to be aware of these days, like sexting and sextortion, that type of thing. And 
it was funny when I said at the beginning, you know, we're going to talk about some of these things. It's going to be a little, it's going to be a little uh, uncomfortable talking about these things. And, you know, as junior high school kids do, they were sitting there <laughs> giggling and, and it was funny. And it was eye opening for me about maybe 15 minutes into it, how they were just sitting there motionless with their jaws open, like that really happens. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but the parents in the background, they were also uh, very, uh, very quiet. And they were asking a lot of questions. So I got through the presentation and I noticed that um, they felt comfortable enough to ask questions about these difficult subjects mm-hmm. to talk about, especially in front of their parents. So they were asking questions, the parents were asking questions. And when we got done, you know, that's where the light bulb kind of went <laughs> off. And I said, you know what, this, this can be something. Not a lot of people are teaching this out there these days, uh, you know, not, not in the schools, mm-hmm. in the high schools, junior high schools. And honestly, you know, we're getting victims who are even in the later grades in elementary school. So I put together, um, you know, I put together a, a much more comprehensive presentation, made it very interactive. And that's kind of the birth of um, OSS right mm-hmm. there was, was basically, you know, bringing these kids over and, and seeing their reactions. And so far it's been, I've had some great feedback on it and looking to move forward. Yeah. Well, and what I thought was really unique and you kind of, you touched on it. It mm-hmm. is a program for parents and teens. And when I, when I first, you know, when you announced it on, you know, Facebook and said <laughs> what you were going to be doing and things like that. And of course I was like, yay, another friend is starting a business. I get so excited. Um, but one of the things I thought immediately was like, oh, wow, parents and teens in the same room and you're going to be talking about this. How is that going to go? So it's, it's interesting how you pointed out that even you were surprised about, you know, the, the questions and things like that came up like that. I think that's actually the the most important component of this um, is that, you know, these, the kids are going to learn something regardless because they're kids. They don't know a lot, but the parents are learning a lot because they're not getting into their kids' business these days. They're not, they don't know what platforms they're, they're chatting on. They don't know if they're chatting. They, um, they don't realize that, yeah, they, my kid plays Xbox One or they play PlayStation, but they don't realize that these games on there, the default, the default is to chat. And they're chatting from anyone, anywhere to two other people to literally a thousand people. So that's the biggest component for me is to get the parents involved to say, hey, get in their business, know who they're chatting with, know all the apps, know all their passwords, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then actually, I wanted to say uh, as well, Nikki, one of the things that I was impressed with when you were giving us the tour of Teen Lifeline was just the fact that, and you kind of went over this briefly in your introduction as well, is how it is a a nonprofit that allows teens to volunteer, Mm -hmm. but you're giving them, I mean, it's such an important it's such an important job. And there's a, there's not very many nonprofits where teens can volunteer or if they do, it has to be with a parent. So it's right. a really unique situation in that they can feel that kind of sense of ownership. And I, I think that has a lot to do with why you were saying they go on to do other things. Right. Maybe they don't, they're not in a helping field like this or crisis intervention or anything in that sense, but they do go on having that sense of, um, it, you know, that sense that they can make a difference right. in, regardless of what they're doing. Well, and, and it's something that is, is kind of the cornerstone of, of who we are definitely um, in terms of, um, you know, our, our training for the kids is called life skills training, because it's not just about 
giving them the skills to take calls on the hotline. It's about giving them life skills, communication skills, and and the skills that they learn aren't any different than the skills I learned in graduate school or people in the communications field or sales or, it, you know, it's the communication skills are are the same, um, really. And, and we're just teaching them how to use them appropriately. Um, but I think what a lot of people are surprised when they see our center is that it really is kid friendly. And the the biggest room in the building is the living room <laughs> part of it. Um, and it's built more like a house for them um, because it is a safe place for them. The one thing we recognize is that our volunteers are no different than our callers. They're struggling with the same things. Um, so they need a safe place to come. And not every kid comes from a family that is supportive and knows how to support them. Sometimes it's just parents don't know how. Um, and so it is a safe place where they get to be themselves. Um, they Some of them learn healthy relationships with adults for the first time with supervisors. And they get to talk about some of those scary things like what happens online and mm-hmm. gaming in, in this bubble, not school, where they don't have to worry about it leaving. They can talk to their peers and adults at that same time. And I think the interesting thing, and I think kind of the core of who we are, and also even going to what you were saying, Scott, is that right now we live in a time where our kids are experts at being in their world. We don't understand this technology world. The, we didn't grow up in it. So we have to also utilize our kids as experts and have them sit at the tables and talk to us. And when I talk to parents, it's about talk to your kids, not about what they shouldn't be doing, but sit down and go, hey, can you show me how Snapchat works? I don't understand it. <laughs> you know, use them as an expert to learn and they will give you amazing education. And then it allows you to build boundaries together of what's appropriate and what's not. And I tell kids all the time, oh, thank goodness I didn't have social media when I was growing up. <laughs> it's not that I didn't do bad things. I just didn't get caught and didn't get displayed. <laughs> it didn't get blasted. Sure, across. Sure. <laughs> so that really is, you know, the the kind of the core of, of, of who we are is mm-hmm. about making sure that kids do have that place. And then they start to build those relationships with each other um, and they have a safe place to come. So, our, you know, our, our for our volunteers, it's about that safe place. And for our callers, it's a safe place to mm-hmm. call into. And I imagine they they have some feedback too then on how that how your program evolves yeah and they it, and it's you know what an asset to you as a nonprofit uh-huh. who serves teens to have teens be you know be there right. and be kind of entrenched in it and be able to give you some feedback on on, on hey by do. the way this is actually what's changing now now right. it, the cool thing isn't you know twitter the cool thing is snapchat oh by the way now it's not snapchat it's this other thing and just being able to evolve that program it you. is and and i will tell you um about a year and a half ago two years ago we started a new program we started texting also mm-hmm. through the hotline so it's not just calling the hotline they can text, text into now. the hotline from three to nine knowing that we had to meet them at their technology um but um at the same time I'm building this program and I'm thinking, okay, I'm the clinical director. I got to make this big, robust thing. And I'm, I'm like, oh, this building a training out for this and having them teach them how to do this appropriately. And then I sat down with some of the volunteers and said, can you give me some pointers? Like let's, and they were like, can you stop? (laughs) Um, This is how we talk every day. So why don't you trust that you, you also gave us the skills and training us for the hotline. 
we can help you to adapt that to text messaging because it is a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a whole different language. It is a different mm-hmm. language. Um, but it's also, it, really, I just had to show them how to use our computer. And they <laughs> and they took it from there, you know, and we just set some, again, together, built some boundaries. And it was one of those learning things that for years, you know, I have them in my office and they're a part of my everyday life. But it really was about me going, oh, I need you at this drawing mm-hmm. table to build this out because you're the one that knows. And and even when we're doing texting, there's language and stuff that happens. I'm like, can, can you my <laughs> can you decipher this for me? <laughs> These hieroglyphics, exactly, exactly. It's an alien language. <laughs> I, you know, I, you're absolutely right with that. It's, it, when it comes to these kids, the parents these days have no idea how tech savvy their kids mm-hmm. are. They they really don't get it. And uh, a lot of the cases that I go to when I talk to a victim, usually, you know, 13, 14 years old around there, the parents say to me, you know, I just never thought, I never thought that this was, this was going to happen. Right. Well, it's because you're not in their business. And what you were saying about um, having a very uh, safe and comfortable environment, I couldn't agree more. I think that, um, you know, if you're, if you're bringing them into a, into a, in my, in my scenario, to my office or, or police station, they're not going to say much. No. But as far as my business goes or, or your business goes, when, when you bring them into that safe area where it feels like a living room or it feels mm-hmm. like their home or that safe area, they're more apt to, to, to get that dialogue going, not only with someone they don't know, but with their parents. And like you said, I'm, and, or I said, it's, these are difficult top- topics. So it's, it's nice to see them opening up and well, in they these like to environments. Be they really they do. They really do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when they absolutely. get to be like, let me tell you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And let me see your Snapchat account. Okay. Which account? Oh, oh boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What are some of those conversations then that came up in, in maybe your first presentation on through to the, you know, a couple, I know you've done a couple since that first presentation. What are some of the dialogue that has happened then that you weren't, maybe weren't expecting between parents and teens? You know, what's really funny is that, um, so when we, when we did the very first one, before I even started the business, um, my wife was reaching out to some friends of ours and we had, you know, one, uh, friend who basically said, uh, yeah, we're, we're already in this. Mm-hmm. We've already had a situation. So I'd, I'd love for, uh, you know, my, my kid to come over and, and, and talk and, learn what you're going to, uh, you know, throw out there. And during the presentations, it's, it's really funny that I make it as interactive as I can, you know, raise your hand whenever you want, ask a question whenever you want, because I want you to understand everything we're talking about before we move forward. And a lot of these kids will, will ask about, well, is this sexting or is this sextortion? And I'll ask, well, does anybody know this is, you know, someone that this has happened to? And the hands will go up. They'll tell me all the um, the apps that they have, like the Snapchat and the Instagram and and Kick and whatever you know, what have you. They're, and we were talking about the chat apps. There are literally thousands of mm-hmm. them out there. And talking to the kids, they'll tell you which are the most popular right now. And what you use for what? Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. exactly. This is the one you use when your parents are on to you. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. There's a, there's a lot of phantom accounts out there, uh-huh. but um. And after our first class that we had, that we actually put on, uh, one of our best friends uh, was on their way home with her son. And he had said, yeah, you know, I was actually contacted on Instagram a couple of times by some people that I didn't know. 
And when she got home, she uh, sent a message to me over Facebook and was like, you know what? I just never, I never thought, I always thought that he was, you know, smart enough not to, not to listen to or answer these, these messages. Mm -hmm. And so it's nice to see that feedback after because, you know, at least I, I know they're learning something. Right. And one of the things I picked up on and just from both of you, it's, you know, one of the things I, when I'm working with clients and they're trying to, you know, come up with a marketing strategy or how am I, you know, how do I meet, uh, meet my, my clients or my target audience? And I always say, well, what do they want? You know, it really just goes back to, well, why don't you ask them? And so both of you, I mean, in your, in your instances, it just is natural that, Hey, you've got them right there. So I can just see over time, especially, you know, Scott, you guys have been at it for 30 years now, Nikki, but with you, Scott, you're just starting out. And I'm just thinking of all the, you know, the the feedback that you're getting and how that's going to evolve that program. And it's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So what age ranges do you typically have or, or is your uh, presentation geared at? Well, it's really geared towards junior high school mm-hmm. or middle school, whatever you want to call it here um, and up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had junior high school kids. I've had high school kids. We've even had a college age, I don't want to say kid, but all right, kid <laughs> come to the class with their parents. And But I've also had uh, people express interest in having elementary school kids come. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like to tell them, you know, I, I it, it just kind of depends on what their level of knowledge is as far as technology goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they're really tech tech savvy, then yeah, you could bring them in fourth or fifth grade, but it's going to start to get really cloudy for them when we start getting into the sextortion and sexting mm-hmm. and that type of thing. I mean, cyberbullying is is happening quite a bit at those ages, but you're not really into the the sexting and the sextortion right. as far as that goes. Yeah, and actually, I was going to um, Nikki, you had mentioned before, you know, what is a crisis to the teen, not necessarily what is a crisis to the adults that are running Teen Lifeline. So, um, looking back on that you know, what are some of the, you know, crises that, you know, teens, obviously the hotline was set up for, for suicide right. um, and to have a, a place for them to, to talk to somebody about um, maybe what they're going through there. But what are some of the other things that they're, they're talking about and calling about? What, what is a, a crisis these days <laughs> to, to some of the teens? Well, interestingly enough, it's, it's the crisis that we deemed crisis when we were their age is still a crisis for them. Mm-hmm. But um, you have the added part of technology. Mm -hmm. So I will even tell you that in terms of even looking at warning signs for suicide of what parents and what people need to look out for, some of those things have changed as as time has gone on. Because if you're noticing that your child is having a sudden fear of humiliation, that panic is a crisis where we, something happened at school, we were embarrassed, we were bullied. We got to go home. We were away from it. We had to worry about it when we came back to school the next day. But there was, you know, a lot of hours in between that. If they shut their phone off, they're still sitting there thinking and worrying. People are talking People all are over talking, social media. Something is out and I'm there. I'm just not seeing it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is also education for parents of understanding that with technology is danger. But at the same time, these are how our kids feel connected and are connected. And even as adults, we can say, you don't know these people. And why would you do this? This is crazy. I thought you were smarter. 
the fact is, is they just want to feel a connection. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the basic human need. And so you got to understand the why. What is it that they're really looking for? What are they wanting? And then how do you do that and create safely? Mm-hmm. And how do you teach parents to teach kids how to do that safely? Right. Um, but when we're talking about crisis for kids, you know, we are talking about... Um, there's still the bullying. There's the, the cyber bullying. Um, there is the fear of, of retribution and, and being, um, you know, you know, there's a lot of apps that you think that you're safe from people not taking screenshots, but people can still take screenshots, Snapchat, Snapchat, definitely. And so one of the things I've started to notice lately, and, and we've actually talked about this at the hotline is that a lot of these apps actually track whether or not someone else read like something you sent to someone, if you read it or if, um, and what you did with it, it kind of tracks it. And so they are perseverating even over the fact that I see that they read it, but they didn't respond to me. Mm. So that means they're ignoring me. Mm-hmm. This idea of sometimes we have to eat dinner or, <laughs> or our phone runs out of batteries right. or we need a nap. <laughs> we need a nap or or we have football practice. Right, right. You know, yeah. they they this teens now and, and children now, they have um they live in a world of immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. Um they can get something from two hours from Amazon. Um, you know, it's they're they don't have to wait for anything. They don't have to wait for a movie with you know with Netflix and Hulu and, and everything. Um, they know technology better than us. They know the secret of technology better than us. Um, and so the same goes with their emotional reactions. They're looking for immediate gratification. And when they don't get it, it becomes anxiety. Mm-hmm. It becomes panic. Um, and and there's no there's no way for things to kind of die out online the way that they could for us when we got to be away from it and you know, people found a new interest by you know, <laughs> 12 hours later. And so, so our kids are living in a different world. And mm-hmm. so the same things of my best friend's not talking to me. I'm scared about disappointing my parents, breakups, you know, problems with friends, those things still exist and there's still crises for kids. The one thing I tell parents is to understand that just because their stress isn't the same as us in terms of paying our bills puts a roof over our head and them doing their homework doesn't affect that um, to understand that physiologically they're no different. And so there's actually research that says a divorce for an adult has the same physiological effect as a breakup for an adolescent. Mm. So as much as we as adults like to say, there's other fish out there, you know, you'll get over this. We have an understanding of time and a concept of that. They don't, but we also, as adults have to sometimes step back and go, yeah, but it really to them feels no different than the heartache I may have felt in my life. And just because my stakes are higher, doesn't mean that for them, it's, it's the same. Mm -hmm. And we have to recognize that and communicate that um, and allow them kind of open forum to kind of talk about what their world is. And as adults, us learn from that and then help them to guide them with that. Yeah. And you bring up an important point. And one of the reasons I actually wanted to 
have this show now. And uh, when I was talking with with Scott about it and said, hey, you want to be on this show? I said, I think it's perfect to have this as we're rolling into summer mm-hmm. because um, kids will be out of school. Some may be, you know, parents are still working. Nothing changes there. But now the kids are out of school. It used to be that you know, you, you left seventh grade and you left seventh grade behind and you had summer and then you had a fresh start with eighth grade. And maybe those, those problems went away. That's not there anymore. Oh, just no. as you it's, mentioned, it's always there. It's, always, it's there always there. Cause you're still in touch with these people. You're still, you know, even if the kids are going off to a different school, you can still see them on Instagram or, you know, you're still uh-huh. in touch with them. Well, and they're going to be playing the video, playing games. the video Absolutely. games. Absolutely. Yeah. So which, and that's why, that's why we're doing the classes. That's why we're getting people to host these classes uh, in home and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like what you touched on before is the, um, you know, when you talk about the cyberbullying, the cyberbullying or the bullying is not the same when we were, at least not when I was a kid. Um, I may be a little bit older than you guys. <laughs> <laughs> when you were, these kids were bullied back in my day, there was, you could, the bully could see the empathy. They could, it was all local. It was all in the moment type of thing. Well, now with your cyberbullying and the technology, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. There's no getting away from it. That's where, you know, these kids these days are, are really being pushed to the brink. And, and, you know, let's, let's call a spade a spade here. These, these kids are brutal to each other, very brutal to each other. But us adults are. Oh, true. I mean, that's, I mean, I've seen that on social media in the last couple of weeks, just with this, the walkout, it. I watched adults go, and you get mad at your children yeah. for behaving. This <laughs> exactly, exact you're abs- absolutely right. Absolutely mm-hmm. right. Just like you said, physiologically, they're a lot more apt to to feel a lot more these days, and that's where you know mm-hmm. suicide in in those age ranges really are. It's climbing, and so is uh, you know medicating these kids. Um, it's 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 really you know such a shame, and when they when they are feeling this way and they have such kind of self-loathing, that's when your, your online predators, that's who, that's who they're going for. Right? Exactly. You know what? And that's, they, they get on there, they start their grooming tactics and they start going after these kids and it's really easy prey for them. It's, it's, you know, it's a shame. And that's where, you know, like you said, there's gotta be that dialogue. The parents really need to get in there and, mm-hmm. and, and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I have a friend who her daughter got caught up in a, in a sexting situation and, and I, I sat down with her and was like, what, what's going on? What, what is this about? And she said, I just wanted to feel special. Mm-hmm. And that's just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because it's like, oh, the consequences mm-hmm. for this are devastating. But at the same time, like everyone wants to feel that mm-hmm. everyone wants to feel that at a moment in their life. So it's about early on. We have to educate the parents on what to look for and how to keep those dialogues open. The way you do that is mm-hmm. making sure that you let your know your kid feels like the expert in the house, um, and then your guys you are able to set up healthy boundaries. But but part of that is is it's it does take a village, and so even with my friends with with teenagers, they have they have rules that sometimes. So one of the deals is, is that I, I am friends with them on every social media channel and I have a dialogue with them. If I see anything sketchy, if I feel anything is I'm, I'm uncomfortable with it, that I will first have a conversation with them before I have a conversation with mom and dad so that we can set up some boundaries and we can talk about what might be going on. And sometimes kids humor 
is off-putting to adults and sometimes it really means nothing. It's very different these days. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, but making sure that we're early on as adults and, and as parents, um, helping our kids build healthy relationships mm-hmm. with other adults. Mm-hmm. So I think this even goes to, to, to your program is that you started this with a group of friends and their children. And the fact is, is you're going to be a trusted adult for some of these kids mm-hmm. that regardless of being a detective, you know something and you're a little safer because it's not so scary to say some of these words to you. Exactly. You know, again, building that dialogue. Mm-hmm. If you're not talking to your kids about it, mm-hmm. you, you're leaving them open to the predators. You're leaving them open to that self, uh, self-loathing, to the, the depression. If you're not getting in their business, you know, as, as a parent, I, I, have, a, I have an eight-year-old and an 11-year-old. We want to be friends to our kids. We want our kids to love us. We don't want we want don't want to make them angry with us, and and that's don't, what being don't make them un- angry. unfortunately no, unfortunately. But we we have to be intrusive. If if we're not in their business, we're not doing them a service. We're not doing our jobs as parents. And I don't think a lot of people these days get that. You know, they they want to be. I, you know, my, my kid is my best friend. Well, that's great. But you still have to be a parent. You still have to make sure you're doing your job mm-hmm. to, to to keep them safe. They're counting and, on and, you. And, and I don't that, think right? a lot of people get that these days. Yeah. Well, and to understand with teenagers and adolescents and brain development, they naturally start to not tell parents things. It's not, and and every parent wants to say, my kid tells me everything. They don't. Mm-hmm. And they, and that's okay Right. But you you have to also you have to navigate that with them. But to understand part of them growing up to be healthy adults is learning how to navigate the world. Um, sometimes my mom used to tell me that you're in trouble because you got caught, not because I didn't expect that you weren't gonna do this. Like I knew you would do this at some point, but I have to punish you as your mom. But yay for growing up. Yeah. Um, you know, and so there's sometimes that there's there's those moments, but you have to understand that. As much as you say, as a parent, you can tell me everything, there's some things they're just not going to feel comfortable telling you mm-hmm. um, because their fear of disappointment, their fear of making you angry or hurting you or putting more pressure on you, then they, they know you're stressed. Right. They know that you come home late and you're mad at your boss and all of these things and they don't want to add to it. Um, but also they they don't want to disappoint you and they and they know sometimes that they're doing something wrong. So it's making sure that you're having, you're helping them to build connections with other people when they can't come to you, mm-hmm. when they can't come to you, that you're keeping that dialogue of that village open. You know, I, and I'm, during my class, I make it a point to, to exactly that point right there is, is to say, you know, I look at the kids and I say, look, the fact of the matter is, this is not easy to talk about. If you do get into this or a friend you know gets into this, you have to talk about it. Is it going to be disappointing to your parents? It's probably going to be, but it's not going to be the first time you disappoint them. It's not going to be the last <laughs> time you disappoint them. The fact of the matter is, is they absolutely love you unconditionally and they're going to do whatever they can to get you through this situation because they love you. Mm-hmm. It's going to suck. It really is going to <laughs> suck is. telling them, but you're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and, and I think that point is 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 huge is is talking about it. One of the things that you brought up Nikki and this was actually something I was going to um kind of pose as a question to both of you. So for people listening who don't have kids or don't have teens 
maybe they're out of teens and they're already thinking, I'm glad, you know, I didn't have to go through this. They were teens years ago. Why is this still important? Why is this still important for people who are listening who don't have kids who, who, or don't have, te- you know, teens yet or anymore? Why are these topics st- still important? Why should we still care about that? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I think, I, I think even if you're not a parent or even if your kids are grown up, they will have kids. <laughs> you will need to, to also, as, as a great parent, also many of us have, have friends that have children. Mm-hmm. It's important for us to all keep an eye out. Um, but the other part is, is as technology grows, the fact is, is kids are the easiest to, to connect with online because they are so trusting, but it doesn't end there. Mm-hmm. And adults and seniors, they are all also being affected through this. Mm-hmm. You know, we see mostly with seniors, we see a lot of stuff about like email scams and stuff like that. But the fact is, is as generations can get older and technology is more and more comfortable, these things still remain the same. And the fact is, is even at my age, I'm still on these platforms and I need to know what to look for too. Mm -hmm. You know, I need to know because we all want connection in the world. And, And the fact is, is on social media, people have you know, they're, it's not uh, just their name. They have different handles. They have different, so you click on things going, I don't know, do I know this person? (laughs) Um, You know, and it's like, what kind of rabbit hole do you get down? And for me, more than anything, I I go to the teenagers at Teen Lifeline when there's a, when I get an app update or a new app comes out and I say, show me how to use this. Show me what everything means. (laughs) Show me what this all does, because it's important for me to know myself because Adults can do get through the same thing. Sexting is still an issue, you know, and and cyber crimes are still an issue. But also, we we need to know as a community um, what's going on, what we have to protect ourselves. But but also, just as good citizens, um, as technology continues to to change and improve and increase, and while privacy is more and more important. Mm-hmm we all have to know how to navigate it and to keep ourselves safe. For instance, on Snapchat, some people don't even know that you really need to put yourself on ghost mode because anyone on Snapchat, if you're not, if you don't have your location turned off, can see where you are at any given point. They don't have to be friends with you. They can just see you, but they can see you if you're on a plane. Mm. So what does that do for people that are looking to break into your home? Right. They can see if you're traveling on a plane, your little avatar is traveling on a plane to wherever you're going. Right. Or if you're not at home. And so, you know, a lot of different types of perpetrators can mm-hmm. utilize these Absolutely. apps. The predators out there, they know this. Yeah. They know it. Wow, I feel mm-hmm. so much better now that I have still have, I'm holding out jumping on the Snapchat train. Well, that's, if you do, I think that's sure, a good move. Thank you. Sure, someone tells you. It, shows you <laughs> ghost it took me forever to even get on Instagram, but I was like, I can't do it. I can't. Just the puppy dog faces freak me out. Nope. I, that's enough to keep me off Snapchat. But. A lot of these kids don't realize about Snapchat that we talked about earlier is that, you know, when, the, when they're doing the sexing, you know, you hope that they're not going to do this. But when they do it, they think to themselves, well, it's okay. It's going to erase in three seconds. Well, it only takes a half a second to do a, a screenshot. screenshot. And, and mm-hmm. that's where you, that's where it starts right. snowballing. And on them. Snapchat, it'll tell you that you did a screenshot, but mm-hmm. there's other apps that they can put on and do, and do a screenshot that will not alert you mm-hmm. that they did that. And also Snapchat, just because it erases from your phone, it didn't erase it. From right. from their from yeah. Snapchat, it's, it's still there once, somewhere. <laughs> once it's out there, it's out there forever. 
Scott, did you want to answer to, uh, to just, you know, a little bit about for somebody who doesn't have um, kids or teens, why this is still something important? And I'm, obviously you can, you know, answer this from the other side of things, too, as a detective, some of the things yeah. that you've you know seen happen. Well, I think, you know, Nikki hit on it as well. You know, even though you don't have kids, there are people out there who are who are who are sexting as well. You know, be, between two consenting adults, it's legal. You can do that. The problem is, is that when you're doing that with somebody that you don't know and you send either a picture or a video to somebody you don't know, that's where the sextortion kind of comes into play. In a lot of cases, it gets to be too much and the victim will say, you know what, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm, I'm very uncomfortable doing this. And the predator on the other end is like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. If I don't get what I want, I don't get this video. I don't get this picture from you. I'm going to blast it to your work. I'm going to blast it to your colleagues. I'm going to blast it all over the internet. Mm. And so, yeah, you, you still have, even though you may not have kids, still have to be cognizant of what's going on out there as far as, you know, keeping yourself safe. Mm-hmm. You, you don't want to ruin a good thing that you have. That yeah. of, it's just, it's honestly common sense. Just if you're not comfortable with it, don't do it. Yeah. Listen to your gut. Listen right. to yeah. that, that intuition. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I actually just, um, a couple of weeks ago, I had somebody reach out to me on Facebook and she, uh, asked, uh, you know, Hey, did you go to such and such junior high? And I'm looking at the name and I'm going, okay, I know half the time I, I have to look at a yearbook. I'm like, did I go to school with you? I don't know. I didn't pay much attention to a lot of, and I I look and I'm like, this does not look familiar to me whatsoever. But I went to the, you know, I went to her Facebook page. I'm like, okay, she appears to be a real person. She does have actual friends. It's not one of those ones you go to and they have either a thousand friends or two, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're like, "Mm, that's a little fishy. Um, And then I'm messaging my other friends. Did we go to school with this person? I have no clue who this is. And they're like, no, I've never heard of that person. I even went to, you know, the person who knows, everybody. Mm-hmm. She's always pulling up. Remember so-and-so? No, I don't remember that person. Yeah, we had him in math. Nope, don't know. But yeah, even then I was like, this is the weirdest thing. Like, why would just some random woman be asking me where I went to junior high? You know, and it's just so, um, yeah, and sometimes it does. it's just to get access to you. It right, is. right. You know, and, and that's what the predators are doing. I, I kind of explained it, uh, compared it to, to think of a, think of a dog. A dog is going to go buy a garbage can a uh, hundred times. Mm-hmm. He may not get anything from that garbage can 99 times, but that one time he's going to get some. That's what the predators are doing. The predators are sending out these, these blast uh, messages, whether it be on Snapchat, or Instagram, Facebook. They may not get anything from 99, but the, all they need is that one. And right. then they're going to you know, start doing what they do. <laughs> and yeah, and was she even a woman? Is the, yeah, it's very true. Very, very true. true. Um, so um, this is, Great. We could go on forever talking (laughs) about this, but I do want to make sure that anyone listening, if they want to reach out, they want to schedule a class, they want to get more involved with Teen Lifeline, what what should we, what should they be doing? So Nikki, do you want to get started and talk a little bit about any annual fundraising events Mm -hmm. that you do? Um, We talked a little bit about how, you know, teens can become involved, obviously, but businesses out there, business owners that maybe want to get involved or just individuals right. who want to get involved in some way, what can they do to get involved with Teen Lifeline? Um, well, I, I, I'll direct everyone uh, to the internet or to the website, which is just uh, teenlifeline, teenlifeline.org. For teenagers that want to be involved in Maricopa County, because our headquarters is here, really, they can go to the website. Uh, the only kind of rules for being a volunteer is they want to give back. Uh, they be ages 15 to 18. 
honestly, that they have no violent crime on their record is is kind of the only other the rule. Um, trainees is extensive. It's it you know it can last up to a hundred hours depending. It's it starts at about seventy two hours, going to a hundred hours. Um, for adults who want to get involved, there's lots of different ways. Um, check out all the different ways on our website. But we do hold two annual uh, fundraising events. We do a gala called the Connections of Hope Gala, where we actually actually feature some of our volunteers and they get to hear about these great stories from the hotline and, and from our volunteers. Um, and we're holding that on October 12th um, at the Omni Mono Lucia. And then in November on Veterans Day, we actually always hold an annual golf tournament. And so um, they're both a lot of fun for the community, lots of different ways. Uh, the golf tournament and the gala are ways that businesses can get definitely involved um, to know. And, and we always make sure that people are aware of the impact of their dollars. Mm-hmm. So all of our services are free to the community. So it's it's important to know that every dollar goes directly to the services that, that we're providing because we don't want any community to be at fear of not getting what they need when they're sitting in a struggle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we're hearing a lot about that on the news right now about, about the suicides out in the East Valley and things like, we never want a school or a community to worry about what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we fundraise all year round, but we have these two big events that really are a way for businesses to get involved, to see the impact that their dollars are making and to know that every dollar goes to saving lives every dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when a third of our calls are having to do with suicide and kids that are feeling like giving up, that's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. And and we know that, you know, we're, we, we are reaching more and more every year. We also do have our school ID initiative. Oh, that's uh, right. Some yeah, people have heard about that. it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I will tell you that parents are the driving force for this. Um, and it got started by a, a former principal of a local high school, Pinnacle High School out in Paradise Valley. Um, he's now an assistant superintendent and he um, had lost a few students to suicide and said, we have to find a way to get, to get kids information because I know that I have them eight hours a day, but what about all those other hours and how do we make sure that every kid has this connection? And so he put our information on the back of all their student IDs and he got it pushed out through Paradise Valley. So slowly it's over the last few years, um, we are at about 126 schools now, over 175,000 students across the state because we are a statewide agency. And I will tell you, there are thousands of schools in the state and we're on 126. So parents, if you (laughs) want it, make it happen. Call the schools. Um, do and and it's and it 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 doesn't say anything about suicide. It just says if you feel alone, um, you know, don't give up. There's always hope and and it has our information, our, our phone number and the information for texting. Um, and and it's simple. And I will tell you that a lot of the ID companies are working to do it for free. We're working with them to make sure that it is available. Um, if it, Life Touch specifically is one of the biggest ID companies in our state and they um, they have agreed from the very beginning um, that they will do it for free to any state that they or any school that they work with, um, as well as um, a few of the others. We're working with them to make sure that the schools are not having to, they already have enough money problems right now. We, you know, we're not trying to add to that in that we we're trying to promote it. Um, and, and even for the schools that it's not possible for, we actually 
will give them stickers that fit on the back oh, of IDs okay. perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, they're all free. We give you for every student and every faculty member um, to make sure. And then we send out um, announcements and videos for so that schools know how to talk about it and how to make sure that those conversations that we're talking about that, that need for that dialogue is starting even at the classroom. And, and it doesn't have to be anything more than just know that you're not alone. Just know that I want to make sure that you always know that you have some place to turn when you're scared to turn anywhere else. Right. Yeah. And Scott, what, um, tell us a little bit about who can, who can schedule your classes? Where do they take place? If somebody wants to have a class, what do they need to do? Absolutely. So we, uh, we do have a class coming up. We just scheduled another one for June 7th uh, from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. It's a Thursday night. When we started this, um, there's a place called The Hub Fitness in Ahwatukee that opened up their doors to us. They've been absolutely fantastic with us. Um, no, you don't have to exercise, although there are exercise bikes on there. If you want to <laughs> you wanna cycle pedaling. a little bit while you're learning Get about this, anxious that'd be while great. you're listening to these things and you want to cycle it out. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's at 4425 East Agave. Um, if you want to find out what we're doing, how we're doing it, um, you can go to our Facebook page, Online Safety Specialists, or you can go to onlinesafetyspecialists.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a lot of information on there and uh, resource links and what we do, how we do it. Um, we'll also post when our next classes are going to be on there. Um, not only do we host, uh, have our own classes, but Parents out there can also host their own classes in home. We found that it's been very, very, very helpful for them. Really, really opening up a, a comfortable environment where the kids talk about again these difficult subjects mm-hmm. with their parents. And um, it's, I think, at the end, the parents are just they're just floored by how open their kids are. Well, to me, a complete stranger, <laughs> and, and and with other people around. So anybody can host these classes in their house. It's for the hosting family. It's free to them. And then it's just $10 a person after that. Anyone can do that. I'll go anywhere in the state to do that. As a matter of fact, it's not just around the area. I'll go anywhere to do that. Well, good. And obviously, if, you know, like you said, Hub Fitness, awesome that they stepped up and and are allowing you to have host those uh, meetings there. But if anyone else out there as a community center or anything Mm -hmm. like that, where they're thinking this would be a great class to have at their community center or anything like that, have them reach out to you. Yeah. And we'll be, you know, I'm looking to reach out to schools. I've talked to some PTOs. I'm looking to get into the church groups with, with the children, um, you know, YMCAs, any kind of youth groups, Um, you know, really this is, this is going to translate well with anyone out there. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you have a, a homeowners association and you're looking to have your, your, your monthly meeting, right? Invite us in. You know, we'll we'll be more than happy to get in there and 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 do what we do. And uh, you know, you will uh, kind of get the dialogue going between the kids and the parents. Right. It's we we need to educate the kids and the parents. Mm-hmm. Well, and I like that it's. I mean, it's your own presentation. It's mm-hmm. something that you've come up with. It's not a particular curriculum or anything. Right. So no. it's very customizable. It is. And and, it's, it is because technology is always changing, yeah. and these chat apps are always changing. I literally have not done the same presentation twice. It's always changing. I'm always, uh, you know, freshening it up to to kind of stay current. Well, and it's interesting with kids, um, different parts of the Valley, the kids use different social media. Oh, wow. It's so, true. So I can tell you, like, there's some schools that are all about Twitter. 
but other other kids are like i i i, I check twitter once a month like <laughs> it, you know so it's really about it it has to change yeah. you know it has to be about mm-hmm. that um and know that you know there is education um out there on our website for parents uh for teachers um on all of our social media channels so instagram facebook and Twitter, but we're constantly putting information out there. But I also want to put your information out there because the amount of times that I am getting asked about people that are experts in this, that can bring people in both at schools and parent groups, because we do things called mom talks where Mm -hmm. we'll go in and talk to a group of moms. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of them that they say, we want to bring in experts Mm -hmm. in, in this field. And so I'm excited to have your information to we'll talk. Hey, we'll talk. Well, and you know, <laughs> and I out there. and I think again, going back to why I feel like it's important, as uncomfortable as it may be for the parents and the teens to be together, it's one thing if, as a parent, you know, the school says, "Come on in, we're doing this class," and you go and you're, you know, right. you're still thinking, "Not my kid," mm-hmm. or you're thinking, "Oh, I'll get to that," or they're not old enough for that yet. And then you leave the class and it's kind of in your mind, but you're not really going to take any action mm-hmm. on it. If your kid's right there sitting in front of you, raising their hand and exactly. asking these yeah, questions, <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, it makes it more real. But then it also um, kind of holds you accountable for they, oh. you know, taking some action on it. Holds on it holds the community accountable too. Community, so yes. when you're bringing yeah. in a neighborhood of people, it's also you're going, yeah, we're, we're all need to be watching out for each other's kids. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you all, we all have to keep our ears open because you got it. Sometimes you got to let your kids sit in the back seat with their friends and just listen. Just and listen. Yeah. What saying. And then you can be like, oh, or, I heard Johnny's on Instagram. And the thing is, you, you don't even you don't even have to listen if you just ask them one question that they would normally think, OK, that's an uncomfortable question. Once they oh, mom just asked me that question or dad just asked me that question they're going to be more than happy to answer you. Yeah. And their friends are always more willing to answer stuff. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Especially if they're dishing on their other friends, right? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So what you're saying is everyone should just kind of take home a different kid that night to yeah, ask there you questions go. about there their you own go. child. Yeah. So. But it is. It's about creating that village yeah. and everyone gets exactly. to have a different eye out because we all observe different things as well. So, uh, you know, I, I and I, I touched on it just a second ago. I think that the kids are are really afraid not just because of the whole disappointment thing, you know, about bringing up these subjects, but it's almost an embarrassment thing. Why well, can I really bring this up to my to my parents, even if it didn't happen to them or they heard about it? Mm-hmm. You know, they just want to find, you know, get information on it to ask their parents about whether it be sexting or or something along those lines. And once their parent, once the parent opens up and says, hey, you know, it's kind of okay to talk about this, you're gonna find that your kids are gonna communicate with you a lot more than you ever expected. Mm-hmm. It's that mm-hmm. whole dialogue thing. Yeah. Well, it's that time. We're going to wrap things up today. I feel like we could just keep going, but <laughs> unfortunately, I, you know, it, we do have to cut this off. So I just wanted to thank both of you uh, again so much for um, coming on out today. Quickly, one more time, do you want to give your um, contact information? Mm-hmm. They should go to your website, which is? So the website's teenlifeline.org. The hotline is available for parents as well, if you're worried oh, about your good kids. good to know. Um, and that number, as well as the texting, the same number, um, is 602-248-8336. Uh, peer counselors are there from three to nine, seven days a week, 365. So even on Christmas Day, 15-year-olds are giving up their time oh, to talk to great. others. Yeah. Um, and then texting that same number, 602-248-8336, spells out teen. Um, 
we're on Facebook at, at just Teen Lifeline, uh, Instagram uh, at Teen Lifeline, and then um, on Twitter is um, actually our hotline number. So 602-2418 is our Twitter. Okay, great. And Scott, how about you? Scott, you can contact me either through onlinesafetyspecialist.com or through online safety specialist on our Facebook. You can contact me at scott at onlinesafetyspecialist.com or you can call me at 480-206-8005. And let's get something scheduled. Great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for uh, having us. Yeah. Uh, you've been listening to 3C Amplified, where twice a month we share how others are connecting, creating, and collaborating and inspire you to be part of something greater. Until next time, I'm Jacqueline Destrems with another Hand Advantage. Let me help create a marketing strategy to put your organization and mission in front of your target audience.